With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Monday, March 14th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Boynton. Free agency, trades, everything's open right now for business in Major League Baseball, uh, but the Cleveland Guardians seem to be standing on the sideline waiting to make their move. Yeah, I, you know, they've always been a pretty careful organization. And I think they're really kind of studying the market, Joe. Uh, they've been connected with some teams. Uh, I'm surprised a little bit. You know, they, they kind of need a, uh, you know, they need some help in the bullpen. And, uh, you know, kind of re- veteran relievers have been flying off the shelf here for the last day or so. And uh, they, haven't, they haven't made a move yet. But, so I expect them to, you know, kind of make a move in the pen and maybe uh, maybe surprise some people with with uh, kind of a you know a bat. They need a bat somewhere, first base, outfield, um, and uh, you know I've been told they've got a lot of irons in the fire. And they have been linked uh, in one rumor out there. Jock Peterson is an outfielder that they've uh, been rumored to be looking at. They've also been uh, rumored to be in trade talks with Oakland over uh, Matt Olson, uh, but nothing real definite there yet. So there are options out there for them to, to improve their lineup a little bit. Uh, but right now, as of yet, we, we really haven't heard anything from the club. And, and really all we're getting is speculation from uh, people who are, are, are really just connecting dots on what their needs are and what they have in terms of uh, you know, farm system capital and, you know, uh, an overload of, of middle infielders that they could uh, pass on to uh, in, in a trade there. So uh, really, what would uh, a Jock Peterson uh, signing do for the club if, if that's the, the, the way they decide to go? Well, he's a free agent. You know, he's a power hitter, left-handed hitter, uh, helped the Braves win the World Series. Um. You know, uh, you know, kind of drastic platoon splits, uh, but uh, you know, maybe they get him on a one-year deal, um, like Eddie Rosario, uh, or maybe they can sign him for you know a little longer than that. But he's an interesting guy, and he would certainly uh, you know give some pop to that lineup. And the, the Indian, I mean, the Guardians have always been good at you know finding platoon partners for these guys. So you know that's an interesting guy, and. Uh, you know, Jesse Winker is an interesting guy. If uh, if Cincinnati continues to trade away some pieces, you know, as they did yesterday with Sonny Gray going to the Twins, uh, you know, he, he's another left-handed hitter 
uh, hitting outfielder, you know, with kind of drastic platoon splits. Yeah, he was an all-star last year uh, as well for uh, the Reds. Uh, we'll get to the Twins in a minute here. Uh, I just want to circle back to uh, Olsen. Uh, do you think that right now the, the asking price is too high in terms of uh, what, what the, the A's want for Matt Olsen? Uh, obviously, the, the Guardians would have uh, a ton of middle infield, uh, you know, resources to, to, to sort of uh, trade away there. Uh, do you think they're asking for uh, young pitching in, in trade talks there? Yeah, I would think they're at, you know, the Indians have young starting pitching. And uh, I think uh, the A's are probably asking for it. Uh, you know, the A's, it's, it's weird, though. The A's just traded Chris Bassett, you know, to, to the Mets. And that was, an, you know, he, he wasn't exactly, you know, a veteran guy either. So, you know, maybe, you know, it sounds like they're, they are, as people have projected, you know, they're taking it down to the, to the studs and starting over again. And uh, so maybe they would be interested, uh, you know, in, in some, some of the Indians' younger starters. Uh, is a Tristan McKenzie on the block? Maybe is, is, a, uh, is a Zach Plesak, uh, you know, one of those guys? Or, or would they go younger, you know, into that group that kind of, you know, helped the Indians last season when they had so many in, uh, injuries? I, I got to believe that, that Tristan McKenzie and a guy like a Daniel Espino uh, and, and a guy like a Cody Morris would be, you know, a, untouchable right now. And, and I, I would, without seeing exactly what those guys have to offer at the major league level uh, over a, an extended period, I would, I would hesitate to want to trade them away. But uh, it's interesting you bring up Zach Plesak. I mean, he's the one name that keeps coming up in terms of the young pitching that the, that Cleveland has uh, that, that could be, traded away. I, I think that that might be a guy who, uh, you know, comes up in a lot of trade rumors, uh, if not for, for Matt Olson, then, you know, for, for any number of uh, available controllable bats out there. Uh, you mentioned the twins and the twins made a flurry of moves. None, the least of which uh, was a, a huge trade with the Yankees that we'll get to in a second, but you mentioned the Sonny Gray trade. Now uh, this is Sonny Gray who was in uh, a Yankee uniform for a while, didn't work out there, uh, went to Cincinnati and had a pretty good year last year uh, for the Reds, uh, pretty, pretty solid season. And now uh, he's going to be in the AL Central. Uh, Cleveland might face him multiple times this season coming up. Yeah, you know, an interesting guy, uh, you know, a guy that they, you know, the Reds, you know, had, was kind of on the block, was, you know, what they were trying to move. Uh, we've seen a lot of them, you know, he's been, he's been good and bad, you know, he's had some injuries, but uh, the twins desperately needed starting pitching, Joe, you know, they, they, after, you know, you know, uh, they've lost a bunch of guys in free agency. They traded Bar Barrios to uh, Toronto last season. So, you know, this helps, uh, you know, bulk up that rotation. At least. Yeah. And they might not be done adding arms. I mean, there, there's still, uh, you know, some, some starters out there that they might, you know, try to fill out their rotation with, uh, and, and we'll see what, what happens there. But, uh, the big news happened last night. They, they moved Josh Donaldson, uh, and a, uh, a minor league or, you know, a young catcher in Ben, Ben Rotvert. Uh, he's going to, uh, New York uh, and, uh, along with Isaiah Kiner Falefa, who they just acquired from Texas for, for, uh, 
Garver, uh, Mitch Garver. So uh, Kiner Falefa didn't stay long in Minnesota. He's going to move to uh, the Yankees along with Josh Donaldson. And in return, the Twins bring in Gary Sanchez and uh, an old familiar face from Cleveland, uh, Gio Urshela. Urshela and Sanchez uh, famously uh, torched Cleveland in that 2020 uh, wildcard series uh, in, in, uh, at Progressive Field for the Yankees. Uh, now they're going to be in, uh, in the AL Central playing for Minnesota, 19 games against Cleveland this year. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I guess Urshela probably could play third or short for the Twins, depending what they do. The Twins are also reportedly in on uh, uh, Trevor Story, you know, free agent shortstop, you know, along with, uh, you know, Correa. Those, those are the top two guys still available in the shortstop market. So it looks like the Twins are starting to load up again after really a kind of a disastrous season last year where they couldn't get out of their own way. They went from worst to first in the, in the AL central uh, and Sanchez, you know, some people have said they they might flip uh, flip Sanchez to another team. Other people said, you know, they're going to, they'll, 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 the twins are going to keep Sanchez. They'll DH him and, uh, and catch him. Well, Hey, 15 jobs just opened up and 15 possibilities for Gary Sanchez uh, as a designated hitter just opened up in the national league. So, you know, there's, there's nothing that says, the uh, the circus that is Gary Sanchez catching uh, has to take place in in Minnesota. I'm sure that's a, a concern there. But the big thing about that deal was that the Twins got out from under 50 million dollars of uh, Josh Donaldson's contract that's remaining. I think uh, uh, the Yankees are paying all but eight million dollars of that uh, next season and. You know, the Yankees can afford to do that. The Twins, if they were saddled with, with Donaldson's uh, contract for the remaining couple of seasons there, it, it was not going to be good for them. Yeah, Donaldson's, uh, you know, obviously a great player, you know, a, a big bat that's going to help. He's going to, I think he's going to love playing in New York. He kind of likes it. He likes the bright lights. But this is a guy that, you know, he stayed on the field last year. But, uh, you know, for the last two or three years, had, has had a history of calf injuries, you know, and just has not been able, not been the guy, not been the uh, MVP that we saw, you know, when he played with Toronto. So, uh, you know, that's a gamble. Uh, you know, he certainly has, you know, the track record to, to fit well into New York and, you know, and, and be a big piece of that offense. And that offense needs help, Joe. They finished 10th and run scored last year. Yeah, I, it's it's not just their offense, it's not just their starting rotation. They they have uh, they have a lot more more holes than it, it, it really you know you can see on on the surface. Donaldson, you know, not being a consistent you know performer there, it really hurt them. Uh, really, that, that that contract wasn't a very good one for them. So uh, for them to get get out from under uh, a big move. Uh, speaking of contracts, uh, ex-Guardians or ex-Cleveland pitchers, uh, Nick Wickren and Brad Hand have, have signed on. We talked about the, the run that has been going on of, uh, of veteran relievers signing uh, around the league today and, and last night. Uh, Wickren going to the Cardinals, Hand going to the Phillies. Uh, there, there have been a, a lot of these signings taking place as, as teams uh, are, are looking to, to get their bullpens ready. Uh, and this is an area that that Cleveland really 
has has sort of traditionally waited until uh, the the timing was good and, and maybe struck at some veterans, uh, like you saw with Brian Shaw, with Blake Parker last year. Uh, what's the feeling on the that move in, in, in that area for Cleveland coming up? Yeah, I would think they're going to do something, Joe. You know, they've got the core of that bullpen is is young, untested, hard throwers. We saw how much you know value Shaw and Blake Parker brought to uh, to them last year, uh, and I would think they would they would add somebody along those lines. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, if if Shaw somehow ends back in Cleveland. You know, uh, he's you know. He, Led the led the big leagues in eighty one appearances last year, um, uh, and you know he's a, he's been a favorite of Cleveland and uh, you know Terry Francona and has done a great job for him. So, but I don't think they're going to get him at a at a make good one million dollar contract, Joe. I I mean yeah it, he he outperformed that last year. I it, they're going to need to you know work some stuff there. But but if you look at this bull, sort of bullpen race going on right now. Uh, you don't have need to look any further than Chicago, where the White Sox are slowly building a, a stable of, of bullpen arms that it, it's going to be real tough if you're trailing the <laughs> Chicago after the fifth inning. Um, they can roll out uh, Ronaldo Lopez, Jose Ruiz, Garrett Crochet, uh, now Joe Kelly, who they just signed. Kendall Graveman, who was a, a back-end guy for, for a lot of the season in Seattle. Uh, Aaron Bummer, Craig Kimbrell still on the roster there. I uh, don't know if he'll stay much longer. And then you, you close it out with Liam Hendricks. Uh, that is the Cadillac of bullpens right now in, in all of baseball, I think, uh, if, if you're looking at uh, from top to bottom. Uh, how are the Guardians going to get through, uh, break through against uh, Chicago if, if that's the bullpen they're running out? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really a good bullpen. And uh... They, uh, you know, and Joe Kelly, you know, is just, uh, you know, really a hard thrower, a guy that's, you know, been to the World Series, been through the playoffs, just the kind of guy they need. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, the, anybody who faces the White Sox, you know, and, and they're down by a run or two in the late innings, is going to, they're going to be, you know, kind of up against it with, with that pen for sure. Yeah, the, the White Sox are already rolling out uh, a, a, a really good hitting lineup. and. They're going to have the ability to go out and add pieces if they need to, whatever you know spots there they need to address. Uh, we saw it last year when they they acquired uh, Cesar Hernandez from from Cleveland, you know, just because they needed somebody at second base. Uh, their their lineup is is good enough to cover any holes that they might have, but they don't need to necessarily do that. And if you can trade a, a, a Craig Kimbrell and and get a piece in return for him. You know, even even better for that. I, I that's they're they're going to be a juggernaut this year. Uh, just a matter of how long before they can get things together and get rolling. But once they get rolling, it's going to be hard to stop them. Yeah, they were good last year. They they got to the playoffs. They they got tested, uh, and now I would think they're ready to go a little deeper into October. Deep into October, let's say they still need a second baseman. But that's our, you know, if that's the only problem they have going into the regular season, they should be fine. I, I think with that lineup, they could probably play without a second baseman and still be pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, we'll, we'll see. 
Hey, uh, I don't know about you, but my uh, the alerts on my phone have been blowing up uh, pretty much since uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. I, I've just I can't tell you how many uh, alerts I've gotten from Twitter uh, from the national writers who are tweeting about moves and signings and and all that. Uh, <laughs> some injury news that we just got uh, came across uh, from Joel Sherman uh, and uh, some of the national writers, uh, Jeff Passan. Uh, Fernando Tatis fractured his wrist during the offseason, according to A.J. Preller, uh, the GM in San Diego. So he's headed for surgery, and that could uh, mean a, a long extended absence for Fernando Tatis, one of the young faces of the game right now. Uh, and, and even worse, uh, Pete Alonso for the Mets uh, says that he was in a car accident. His car was T-boned and flipped in the air yesterday. Uh, he says he feels fortunate to be alive. So uh, the, it, his car flipped over. I mean, <laughs> Fernando Tatis and Pete Alonso, these are two all-stars. These are two uh, of the faces of the National League, and uh, both of them could miss time due to injury. Uh, Tatis definitely will with uh, surgery on his wrist. Yeah, how did, how did he break his wrist? How did that happen? I I'm just looking at tweets right now, uh, not digging in, but yeah, obviously there's, there's something that happened in the off season uh, and you got to feel fortunate. I guess right now the, the health and injury concerns are, are paramount among these teams as the, as the players sort of slowly trickle in and, and start to get into to camp mode. I mean, if, if it were a normal season, if it were a normal year, we would be, you know, fully into the middle of, of Cactus League games and guys would be actually starting to build up right now into playing mode. Uh, but we're starting to take baby steps right now. I mean, yesterday we saw a video of Jose Ramirez taking ground balls, doing a little batting practice. Uh, but there, there haven't even been full squad workouts yet. Yeah. Josh Naylor, we saw some video of him swinging, swinging in the cage. He looked very good. He's moving around fairly decently. As he recovers from that broken leg, uh, the the Guardians will start full squad workouts Tuesday, and then and then they jump right into the Cactus League uh, schedule on Friday, Joe. So I would think we're going to see a lot of those minor leaguers, you know, playing the early games. They've got I think they've got a twenty game schedule. The minor leaguers are going to be playing a lot, and then uh, you're just going to have to gradually, if you're Terry Francona, I would imagine gradually work your veteran guys in there, play you know play them at two inning stints and uh, get them built up and hopefully don't hurt them along the way. So they're ready uh, for, for the, the regular season. Yeah. Would they, would they consider doing something like seven inning games, at least early in the Cactus League schedule, just to, you know, reduce the, the amount of pitching that you're going to need to roll out there? I mean, you've got to cover nine innings. You might be covering nine innings with, uh, with like, like you said, some of those minor leaguers who have been in camp for a while. Yeah, I mean, the minor league guys, you know, have been, a lot of them have been in camp since January. You know, they've been really, they, they opened what they opened. Uh, I think they, they started coming to camp on uh, March 1st. You know, the full 150 guys or whatever, whatever have been in there since uh, the start of March. So I would think you'd be able to cover some innings with those, with those pitchers. But maybe they will. I haven't heard of anything about seven inning games. You know, I know they had that... Uh, you know that provision was in 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 the in the works uh, last year, and if uh, if both managers agreed, now maybe 
you know, that that would still still be in the works this this time around. Yeah, I mean, it was you were allowed to, to reduce by mutual agreement uh, in the first couple of weeks of, of exhibition play. But then once exhibition play got got going, you were expected to, to play nine inning games after that. Uh, it'll be interesting to maybe ask uh, Tito if we get to talk to him today. Uh, we're supposed to talk to Antonetti and uh, Francona via Zoom at some point today, uh, sort of get a feeling for what's going on out there. Um, and I know you're uh, planning to head back out there and, and see some games uh, in, in the coming weeks. So hopefully, you know, uh, we, we get things cranked up and everybody stays healthy and people avoid getting uh, breaking their wrists and, and getting T-boned in, uh, in car accidents because that's scary. That's scary to hear that, that Pete Alonzo's car flipped up in the air. That's, that's kind of crazy. Uh, but you know, the, the, the news for, on, on t- uh, Fernando Tatis is, is also kind of devastating. May, hey, if that's the case, and if the Padres are now looking for a, uh, a shortstop, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it, 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 maybe, maybe Antonetti just opens up his closet and a shortstop falls out that they can, uh, <laughs> their fra- their favorite trade partner in San Diego now becomes, a uh, a desperate team, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it, it should be interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll yeah. One door out. closes, one door opens, Joe. And, uh, like you said, I mean, they're no strangers to each other, the guardians and, and the Padres, they love to make trades with each other. So that'd be interesting. And, uh, I just hope AJ Preller knew that Tatis's wrist was broken. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing if the reporters don't know, but it's another thing if, if the GM doesn't know, and he's just finding out yesterday, I yeah, would think I, he, he had a, he, he was informed of this a long time ago. Yeah, I got I got to believe that that's the case. So, all right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap up today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Hopefully we'll have a, a, a bunch of trades and a bunch of free agent signings to talk about in the next couple of days uh, here. Uh, and and we'll uh, we'll get to those uh, as we progress through uh, the start of training camp. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Joe.